Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, Just uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even Even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, we're going to take a look at some lives, not necessarily our lives, but we're going to look to see where some players are going to be in about three years. But uh, let me grab the guy that I like to refer to as the man of the hour and the man with the power, Gerald Sinclair. What is good? Nothing. Everything is good when I get to talk to you, my friend. Every every instance of talking football and talking fantasy and talking dynasty and just talking to Randy is a damn good time. It is an enlightening time. Is It is an educational time. I am excited for it. How in the Sam hell are you, my friend? Good, man. You are getting inadvertently good at those segues. So you said, you know, education, you mentioned. So Jerry, do you remember, like maybe you've heard it on a job interview or like your high school guidance counselor or like maybe a, a counselor at Michigan State where you're a I don't know, you're chasing like your seventh degree or whatever. Have Has anyone ever asked you, Jerry, where do you see yourself in five years? Yes, I have heard that before. Well, I'm not going to make you sweat that question with me. I'm not going to ask you, Jerry, where are you going to be in five years? But what I am going to do is I'm going to give you eight to ten NFL stars. And I'm going to ask you where you see these players in three years. So we're going to do that. We're going to get into a little bit of news. 
Guys, it's June. It's late June, and we are trying to uh, manufacture content <laughs> because unless Aaron Rodgers gets traded in the next 45 minutes, we're uh, we're going to have a good show for you. But do want to make sure to thank you guys for the five-star reviews. We had another five-star review last week. We had one, and this one's a great one. And it says, I've been playing fantasy football since 1988. Jerry, what year were you born? 1988. So this gent has been, I'm assuming it's a gent, has been playing fantasy football since you've been alive. So the year of your birth, this, this particular reviewer was uh, getting into fantasy football. It says, you guys have brought me out of my five-year retirement. Way to go. Twitter handle, at Crabtooch. Memphis, keeping it real, which is a breath of fresh air. It's not always about hot takes, but being honest, transparent, and respectful to all. Boom. Several exclamation points. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, he is a great guy. If you're not following Crab Tooch on tri- Twitter, he is um, he is someone that could be creating content on his own if he really, really, really wanted to. Agree. Uh, uh, I think he, he would be a genuinely good writer, a good podcaster, and we thank him for his support. We thank everybody. We're and, over 240. Knows the game well. I mean, he his, does. his his son played at Boise State, if I do remember correctly. That is correctly. correct. It was a like a Mountain West type school. I think. Although yeah. I think Boise. I'm pretty sure it was on now. the blue field. Yeah, yeah. So he he definitely knows his football, and we definitely and not just him because you know he's got you know direct ties to the NCAA. But we appreciate anybody who takes a minute to rate, review, subscribe, share the show anywhere and everywhere that you can. That is how we grow the show. Uh, this is on YouTube if you want to see Jerry. And now, 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 people always say Memphis. Jerry's got a sweet DWZ hat from Viridian Global. You're always wearing this blue hat. Guys, until my son's baseball season's over, I'm rocking the Royals. This is supposed to be a lion. I be- I'm not sure. It's a Nike hat. Nike does not make the greatest hats in the world. But you know who does, Jerry? Viridian Global. They make True. sweet hats. They're making the Scott Fishbowl hats. We're going to do a, a Scott Fishbowl show here in the not-too-distant future. We're also going to be on the Potathon again. You ready to hang out with uh, Sal and Kevin and Steve? I I was not sure if we were. I am glad to hear it. They have gotten, you know, much bigger over the course of the years. They've gotten heavy hitters. They keep they keep us peasants around, which is really nice. That's why you got to, you know, Sal and Kevin and them. Those are good peoples. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I'm always did. excited. Randy did it. From his car in his sunglasses last year. If Dude, I remember it was so correctly. hot. It was so. Yeah. <laughs> this year I'm on vacation that week. So we're going to be Scott Fishbowl. And, and I really appreciate Sal. Um, our donation, I would think, is is on par, maybe slightly above, but that doesn't really matter. I just appreciate Sal and the gang over at the SFB Potathon saving us a spot. We're helping them bring it in hot. Uh, going to end up the, the last few hours, 7 a.m. on July 6th. That'll be live on YouTube. If you just search Scott Fishbowl Potathon, you will find that. And uh, Jerry, before we get into a little bit of news, we don't always do a lot of news here, but I want to talk about the patron. You know, we, we were just talking before we hit the record button, and it seems like there's just nothing going on out there in the world of football. It's extremely dry. But yet, somehow throughout the course of the day, now I was busy. I'm uh, interviewing for some new employees, and I'm actually work working at my day job. And I I come back to my phone, and in the middle of the day, in the middle of June, in the middle of no football news, I come back to 118 messages across all the different all the different arms of the Patreon. Now you were in there mixing it up a little bit today. Well, here's the thing. You know, there might be not you know there might not be news in the NFL in in the casual world, 
that the peasants live in. I'm going to keep referring to peasants because they are half of my damn life outside of this podcast anyway. But in the dynasty world, there are not, Randy. We like trading. We like, we like, you know, throwing our face into the mud and just seeing how it ends up. And that's what happens in trades. And there's always talks of trades and this and that and future first. And, well, who's going to be better in the 2023 class? Who's going to be better in the 2022 class? You know, who's going to crap the bed? Because, I mean, you, that's a big story that we have to talk about. You know and, how and I enjoy it? It's, it's always in there. I, I enjoy the Patreon. It's like... Uh... It's like living vicariously through like your single friend who has like a wild uh, social life with the with the with their uh, their relations. If you know what I'm talking about, you yes. gotta live vicariously because yours is so dried up at this point. After you know, after so many years, you, you get to hear all of the uh, all of these things. And then we had a comment in the YouTube about the patron twelve draft. Yeah, um, patron twelve is full. Um, of patrons, imagine that. But we're going to do a live draft. We're going to do it over a series of days, live on. You know, we're going to record it. It's going to be wild. But just that's just a part of the fun stuff we do over at the the DWZ patron, and we are going to make some adjustments to it, and we're going to tear it out similar to some other shows. But anybody who's in before August first will be grandfathered in. Five bucks a month is five bucks a month is five bucks a month as long as you're a member. And like I said, we're going to add some different stuff, and it's going to be a different range. But for those that have been supporting us since day one, uh, nothing will ever change. It's like a growing gym. That's one thing we had around here. We had a growing gym where as long as you never canceled your membership, your membership was always 10 bucks a month. And I have not stepped foot in that gym in probably two years. Part of it's because of the pandemic, and part of it's because I bought a home gym, and part of it's because I... Uh, I don't know, but but it's ten bucks, and I'm never not going to have it because it's too good of a value to give up. And that's what we got going on over at the Patron Dynasty Warzone, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry, you ready to get into some news? Yeah, I can get into news. I just want to make fun of you for a second because you sure. have been so Dude. proud of this garage gym that you've been oh, building, yeah. uh-huh. and your dumbass still pays ten dollars a month to a gym you're never going to walk well, into. Well, 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 here's, here's the thing. <laughs> This guy, man. We all need coaches. We all need people to keep us accountable. And left to my own devices, so two days a week I work out in my garage gym, and my wife works out in my garage gym. But here's the thing, and this you can relate this to Dynasty, you can relate this to your personal life. You need someone to push you. I have a coach, his name's Troy, he's a great guy. Uh, his wife is the program writer at the gym that I go to. And I will just say this. They kick my ass way harder than I would ever kick my own ass. They push me harder than I would ever push myself. That's what I'm paying for. I know how to work out. I know how to lift weights. It's that community. It's, I mean, for me, it's very. I get out of that what I think we're trying to build with our patron is I'm trying to build a community. A lot of these people know how to play Dynasty. It's that motivation, that, that camaraderie, that group. And for five bucks a month, you're not going to get a better value in patrons. So there you go, Jerry. That's why I keep three gym members. Two. I'm down to two gym memberships. Two. And a home gym. Make fun of me all you want. Remember, being a nerd is not what you're into. It's how you're into it. And I'm a gym nerd for sure. All right. Enough, enough goofing around. Let's get into some news. So, uh, by the way, on this podcast going forward, we're only referring to Mac Jones as McCorkle Jones. It's McCorkle. Mama named him McCorkle. I'm going to call him a Corkle. Now, McCorkle Jones is making enough <laughs> waves. What? That's his name. <laughs> I, it, it, that can be Gerald, his name like, all he I, wants, but I can still make fun of him for that name. I, I can I'm, still chuckle not, when I hear it. it. It is funny when you hear, but, but McCorkle 
is making enough waves at OTAs and in minicamp that per Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer, he has warranted a real shot at the starter's job in New England for week one. What, what do you think about this, Jerry? Do you think that McCorkle can make a real run at, as the week one starter, or are we going to see more of a, uh, a gradual transition from Cam to Mac Corkle? I, I think it is going to be a gradual transition from from Cameron to McCorkle. But, uh, yeah, have you seen the videos of Cam Newton? Did you watch him at all last year? He I looked mean, like he was playing like with his non-dominant hand. It was yeah, like the, which, it's like he thought he was Larry Bird back in the day. Larry Bird said, "I'm going to play this game left-handed," and dropped 47. Except Cam dropped all right to a 47 percent completion rate or whatever. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just not pretty. It's not awesome. Of course, he has a shot, and they drafted the man in the first round. They're going to give him the reins eventually. Why are you going to continue playing with somebody that's old and busted who? really became an MVP because he could run into the end zone, and now he can't do that as much. Yes, Mac- McCorkle, excuse me. I, I, I don't mean to disrespect the man's mama. Uh, his mama call him Cassius. I'm going to call him Cassius. You know, I, 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 I just... I'm, I'm, mama name him Clay? I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> if you get that reference, we can all be friends. It's true. So he's going to get the reins eventually, but I think they are going to trot Cam out as a formality. They'll wait. He'll be pitiful they'll lose some games they'll put mac in i feel like that is the standard nfl way that that is that that is the culture of the league so i get it listen i you have to assume if you're going to take mac jones where you took him he's going to be better than what cam newton is at 31 years old and looking like ass crack so i I, I sure as hell would hope they play him it's not even about being 31 it's about his performance looking like ass crack yeah, he, he he looks rough. He looks rough around the edges. And I, I still say it's going to be – it would be – I've always been impressed with Josh McDaniel as an offensive play caller. But like I've said before on the show, I would be extremely impressed if he was able to build an offense that they could hand off from Cam Newton to Mac Jones. One guy's your classic stay-in-the-pocket quarterback, distributor, point guard, if you will. And the other guy's more of a one-read, two-read run kind of guy. I mean, Cam didn't go out of his way to have single-digit touchdown passes last year. And don't give me COVID. But but the one thing I would do from a dynasty standpoint, and that's what I want to do some of these nuggets, I, I want if I have a Cam Newton share on the back end of a Superflex roster, I'm going to the McCorkle Jones owner and say, here, here you go. You pair him up. Give me a second. I'll give you a Cam and a fourth. You give me Anything I can get out of Cam Newton right now is going to be a bonus. You may get lucky and he may latch on somewhere else, but... I remember pretty clearly this time last year that New England was the only team that really seemed interested in Cam Newton last year. And I just, I I think this is your last chance. Get what you can get. You may not like the price, but get out while the getting's good. And you have a natural target in the Mac Jones owner. I I think it's fair. I mean, listen, and how much did they pay Cam Newton? It was was not much, right? It was like a million or two million or something. That was was last year. Last year. Last well, year I know, it was like seven million bucks. This year it's closer to fourteen million. But in the NFL today, that's backup money, which sounds yeah. absolutely asinine to say. Well, that yeah, a backup makes fourteen million with incentives. But you know, you can get away with a lot of stuff when you have a guy on a rookie contract. That's why these rookies that play well are so coveted. And speaking of, how about my own segue, my own transition? Matt Nagy, head coach of the Chicago Bears, said on the Chris Collinsworth podcast words. Chris Collinsworth podcast that Andy Dalton is our week one starter versus the LA Rams. Jerry thoughts. 
um, on YouTube, you will see what I'm doing right now. The podcast version. Can you will do not. that on YouTube? I don't know. Hopefully they don't. They don't hit okay. us with the fine. Okay. It was the uh, self pleasure. Um, Thank Mister Chow and the Hangover in yes. the desert. That's what I think of that. Listen, they probably will start Andy Dalton week one for the same reason that Cam Newton's going to start week one in New England. It's just what they do. And then when they fall on their face, they have an excuse. Oh, well, we can, I mean, we drafted him. We could put him in there now. This is going to be great. Man, just, just start the damn dude. You traded up for him. You clearly like him. He's the only guy. You know how many tweets they're doing about Andy Dalton right now? <laughs> not a damn one go look at the chicago bears at on twitter you know what you see justin fields just play the dude like yeah what's he gonna learn is he really gonna learn is that a myth can we get let me sidebar this real quick who act like did patrick mahomes shows up and he's like oh my god i learned so much from alex smith have you ever heard those words come out of that man's mouth one time well i, I bet you you could find it but Alex Would you Smith believe was it? playing. Like, yeah, I do because Alex Smith was playing at a really high level, and I, I think Alex Smith's performance in I that think year was high as giraffe nuts. I, I, th- Patrick that was Mahomes a, didn't learn a damn thing from Alex Smith. Patrick that, Mahomes. That has, is the, everything the problem. that Patrick Mahomes has. He has always had. I love you like family. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said. What you learn from a guy like Alex Smith is how to be a professional. How to re- re- he even said coming out of college he didn't know how to read defenses. So I will tell you right now, he learned, did he learn how to throw a ball from Alex Smith? No. Did he learn how to improvise from Alex Smith? No. Did he learn how to be a professional quarterback? Yes. Did he learn how to command a huddle? Yes. Did he learn a lot of the things that he did not have as a guy coming out of Texas A&M? Or I, don't I will give credit to Andy Reid for all of those things before I give them to Alex Smith. Alex Smith had that with Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins didn't learn to be a professional. He could throw the ball pretty well when he was at Ohio State. Well, you I can just, lead a horse I, to water. You can lead a horse to water, which which is fair. But did you, you know, ever the see horse Patrick also, Mahomes in a strip club to, during a pandemic after a loss? No mask listen, on. We're talking you, about you dumb can, people versus smart people. I I agree. You're also talking about talent versus not talent. And Patrick Mahomes had talent no matter – even if he was a Detroit mother effing lion, I think that dude could have came in and thrown for 35 touchdowns. Well, I will, I will tell you this. I'm not going to sit here on this podcast unless you listen to you besmirch the good damn name of Alex Smith. That man's a national treasure. Uh, that good, for him, good for him in his retirement. But, but back to Justin Fields, I think this is a great play. I think you offer Andy Dalton up as tribute, as sacrifice to the L.A. Rams defense on Sunday Night Football. You know, you, you give Matt Nagy no choice but to go to Justin Fields in Week 2. And guess who they play in Week 2? Oh, it's the shitty Bengals. This works out perfectly. So you go from last year's number one overall defense on Sunday Night Football in primetime. Because if you put Justin Fields one. in... That's week one, Sunday Night oh Football. Oh, my God. Stafford gets the Bears week one? Of course Staff, he does. Of course he does. It, 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 it's fitting. But if you if you put Justin Fields out there, I'm not saying one game would hurt his confidence. Of course. But, but why let him go on the road, his first NFL start? You know, Baker broke the passing touchdown record as a rookie, and he didn't start till midway through the third game. So that's a great opportunity. And I, I like the way that if you listen to the way Nagy worded it, he is our starter week one. As in, we're going to let Aaron Donald punish you and pummel <laughs> you into submission, and then we're going to put Justin 
fields out there against the toothless Bengals defense in week two. This means nothing. If, if you can get rid of Andy, same thing with Cam Newton, except you got to really lower the price. Go try to marry him up with the with the Fields GM or uh, you know just just anything. And and then if you can get Andy Dalton for free, you wouldn't start him anyway. So don't go buy him. No, All right, this next this next story, Jerry, really hit home for me because I know what a fan you are of a particular player. But Sports Illustrated's John Shipley reported that Carlos Hyde has a real shot at significant carries in 2021 if James Robinson gets hurt. Let me tell you what I take away from that. Nothing about Carlos Hyde because he sucks. He sucks. That's just, I'm just going to say it like it is. But what that tells me is, is that they're planning on giving James Robinson significant carries because that's what Carlos Hyde gets if James Robinson gets hurt. This means there is, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing second level thinking here, but it tells me that there's a significant role planned for James Robinson in this offense and that if he gets hurt, then Carlos Hyde would have that role. But for now, James Robinson's not hurt and he's going to have a significant role in this offense. And Jerry, how do you help a, how, how do you help a young quarterback? What really helped Baker have a good, you know, it wasn't an eye popping stats year, but what helped him have a really productive year last year? A solid running game. Rushing. Yeah. A solid running game. So so what do you do? You know, what did Urban Meyer do a lot of in Ohio State? He ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball. There are going to be carries. I actually tweeted this out today as I was writing up this show sheet. I think you're going to see more of a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb vibe in Jacksonville than it's the all one show or the other. It's like everybody feels like Great. this has to be all ETN or has to be all J-Rob. Guys, they can both be useful. And I, I think J-Rob will still flirt with being a back-end RB1. And for the year, kind of like a DeAndre Swift, he'll be like a middle-of-the-pack RB2 this year. Now, clearly, long-term dynasty, you would prefer ETN over James yeah. Robinson. But I think they both have value. And that's what I took away from the story. Nothing about Carlos Hyde. I'm sorry, Carlos. I know you're a regular listener. You're a good man. Um, you've traveled around this league. But you are no longer a, a dynasty or fantasy asset. Listen, with a a title article like that, bro, you're not even like what are you trying to say? That Carlos Hyde will get all the carries if James Robinson get gets hurt. Well, that and was the news. That was the news. Was James Robinson I, I, was listen, the news? I, I hear you, but like, like you said it last week on this show. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle, or something along those lines. I you could just file this under no shit. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Travis Etienne is a rookie. He's going to come in and get 35 touches. Get the hell out of here. Like, uh, of course he's going to get some looks. And Carlos Hyde is familiar with Urban Meyer. So, of course, he is going to get an opportunity. It's dumb. I don't care. I, I, I just took it as a positive and, story for James Robinson. You're a big James and, and, Robinson guy. And I agree. I agree. And I'm with you. The problem is, is James Robinson has always had a role. That has not changed. The problem is, is people in this world like to overreact to every single thing that happens. And when Travis Etienne gets picked, that immediately means James Robinson isn't worth a wet sock, which is why there's a lot of people that are not excellent at this game. And that's why we do this, because we're trying to help. We've made mistakes. We're trying to learn. We're trying to teach. I'm just I'm going to preach from the top of the mountaintop to stop overreacting. That was one of those situations. Um, Yeah, James Robinson, I'm with you. I I don't know if he's going to be a back end RB1. Because I do think Travis Etienne is an elite talent, and he should take a nice chunk. But is he going to be RB seventeen, RB sixteen? Yeah, absolutely. Is he getting drafted there? No. Is his trade value there? Hell no. His trade value 
I, I mentioned a wet sock earlier. It's pretty damn close to it. It might not be wet, but it's got a hole in it and your big toes sticking out the end. People, I mean, people are just not a fan of James Robinson. But then you'll take like Michael Carter from the Jets, a situation you have no damn idea what's going to happen. And you'll just love on somebody like that. But then you'll hate James Robinson, who had 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 14 games as a rookie. Like, we haven't learned our Chris Carson lesson yet. Not to say he's going to be the same, but there is a history of That's a nice comparison. And look at you on your segues again. I'm going to blow your mind. You ready? You're going to hang on to that DWZ cap for those watching on on the show. Alex Collins. Yes, that Alex Collins, formerly of Seahawks and Ravens fame. Received the most carries at Seahawks minicamp as Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and Travis Homer all did not. Did, did you even, this is not even a story. This is like, holy shit. You think, you think Carlos Hyde's values in the tank. What, the, what the hell is, I didn't even know Alex Collins was on a roster. No. Shocking. I, I mean, we're Shocking. talking, we're talking Stunned. about. Stunned. Fourth round startup ADP Alex Collins. Whoa. Legend of 2018 or 2019 or whatever the hell it, that it was. was. I think it was, he had the big year in 17 and then he was a, he was a startup sensation the following year. It, it, it's funny because it's, it's, it's a great tie into this show. It's about where do you see these guys. Yeah. In three years. So I got one more news story, and this is really a taxi a taxi squad stash guy. And I really okay. hate giving this out because you play in a start two tight end league with me, and but I, I'm really fascinated because when you hear something once, my antenna goes up because I listen to a lot of football podcasts, but not all of them are fantasy related. And I heard this a couple of weeks ago on one of the Pro Football Focus podcasts. They, they mentioned this guy's name. It's Noah Gray of the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I was reading today, uh, Adam Teicher, T-E-I-C-H-E-R, he thinks that there's a real shot that, that Gray could contribute as early as 2021. But the bigger story for me, I did some research, is that Travis Kelsey turns 32 this year. Now, his team, his deal is team-friendly this year and next year. He's slated to make $7.6 million this year, $8.9 million next year. But, dude, next year he turns 33 in season, and the year after he turns 34. And in his age 34 season, he makes $14 million that year, and his dead cap number is pretty small. And, again, he's 31. Any significant injury to Travis Kelsey, this kid could be forced into duty. And we could be talking about him like people are talking about Adam Troutman this year. Blake Jarwin last year. He's a guy that you can literally, I got him on every taxi squad I could that had open waivers or waivers that ran last week. I got a couple of leagues where I didn't get him yet, and I know my league mates listen, and I'm going to end up taking it in the shorts, but I'm here to help you guys. Go get Noah Gray. He's dirt cheap, Jerry. I ain't mad at you. I'm going to go look up all the leagues you didn't pick him up in, and I'm going to put my claim in because... I, 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 I do it to myself, but I do it for the people. This is the people's podcast. I mean, I'm Listen, not it's, saying it, that, it's that, worth a shot. It's, it, it is worth a shot. How many tight ends have blossomed inside of their, their their third year? I mean, Evan Ingram had a year, and then he became Cheeks. So it's not necessarily Evan Ingram. I know we're all kind of expecting Kyle Pitts to to do that, but these tight ends take time, man. And most of my yep. taxi squads, I have two years to make a decision. So I'm going to pick up Noah Gray. I'm going to put him on a taxi squad. I'm going to let him chill. I'm going to watch camp highlights. I'm going to see what happens with Kelsey. But if he's forced into duty or gets carved any role in one of, if not the best offense in the NFL, 
he becomes something that you got for nothing that you could easily turn into something much more tangible. So that's what, that's how I play the wire. We're going to have a, uh, a special show with Kyle from the FF SmackDown on Friday. We talk about the differences in redraft and dynasty and how you do the waiver wire and NC and and we cover a lot of this. But I just thought it was a name that okay, I heard it once. That's a that's an occurrence. I heard it twice. That's that's more than occurrence. And if I hear it three times in a row from now a third source, I'll be looking. That's a trend. And we have a trend going that this guy is doing good things in camp, and it, it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing but a little bit of time, a little bit of fab. That's the key, is if he turns into nothing, cool. You invested nothing, you lost nothing. But if you get him and he becomes something, anything that you can you know, use later, because most of my leagues are 25, 28, 30-man rosters, and to be able to get a guy like this that might become something down the road, I mean, do you want to pick up a Puka Williams? Instead, like, that, like this is that's what your taxi squad squad is for. Excuse me. Like you got twelve dudes, they're all doing the same thing. Like you're not very often. You are just trying to hope that somebody can get an immediate boost by something when a player above them goes down. If that player above them happens to be Travis Kelsey and it happens to be inside the Kansas City Chiefs offense, yes, I'm with you. I, you know, I had not jumped at that, which is why you probably have him in the leagues that we are in already. Because you're better than me, but it, 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 that's the type of player that you want to do that in. And we happen to be in tight end premium leagues, which is always nice too. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily like. I, I know we're sort of hyping it up, like, oh, he's going to jump into the Travis Kelsey role. We're not. Like, that's not what we're saying. But every tight end is usually worth a, a fart after a night of drinking. Like, you don't you don't trust it. You know, you want to be careful with each one. But it's still going to be it's a perfect situation. It's a good situation. You know, even if he gets half of what Travis Kelsey does, 35 percent of what Travis Kelsey does, that's still like tight end 14. And you got the dude for how much, Randy? How much was it? Uh, All of them was free. Ninety nine. There you go. Free. Ninety nine is what he cost me in all the leagues that I got him in so far. Um God, I hate even saying this because a lot of our league mates watch on YouTube and they listen to podcasts. Well, hold on. Text me first. Text me first. I've been putting 3 to $5 on a $100 fab budget for the year. I've been putting 3 to 5 bucks. No problem getting him. I mean, it's just enough that if I can land him, cool. Again, um, it's it's just the right recipe that not much has to happen. for. And, and then if I can flip him to the Kelsey owner, again, I'm just trying to turn because that's the hardest part of Dynasty is turning nothing into something. And that's what I'm trying to do. All right, Jerry, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to let you get get ready to start telling me where you're going to see guys in three years. Because Jerry likes seeing guys in, in three years. But we're going to take a minute and talk about our friends over at Hate Brand Goods. Now, I hope you guys went and followed the, the IG handle at HVIII, Hate Brand Goods, on Instagram. Because two, weeks, two weekends ago, they did a flash sale where all their bags, backpacks, fanny packs were 50% off. And the promo code Memphis still worked. Last week, they did a free protein shaker or water bottle, whatever you put in there. It could be beer, like Jerry's drinking a Guinness. You could put, you could put, you know, Guinness in your in your free complimentary kick today in the dick protein shaker. Uh, it, it was a it was a free weekend flash sale, and that's why you got to be following over at Hate Brand Goods on Instagram. And they have the new Stay Sharp collection dropping this week. Right on the heels of the new goat shorts. Now I'm wearing some goat shorts right now. I'm not going to stand on my on my podcast chair 
And uh, remember, hate brand, finding motivation through a healthy dose of self-loathing. Jerry, this feels right up your alley. And remember, being outworked, Jerry, that, that, that's why I come up with nuggets like Noah Gray. Being outworked is a choice. You know, you, you can be out, you, you can be out skilled, Jerry. You're not very smart, but they're not going to, they're not going to out hustle you. They're not going to, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to outwork Jerry Sinclair. All right, Jerry, you ready to get back to work? Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to put you to work. So again, I'm going to give you a, a name and you're going to tell me where you see them in three years and what you think their dynasty value will be in three years. I don't want some half-hearted bullshit answer. Well, hell, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will, but. I, 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 I want you to come with conviction. I want you to come strong. Where do you see Kyler Murray three years from now? So that would okay. be what? That would be 2021, 2022. Going into the 2024 season, where do you see Kyler Murray in a dynasty super flex startup? Right about where he's at. Maybe maybe a little worse. I mean, we're talking old Kyler Murray, like 24. So he'll be like 26, uh, he, 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 27? Maybe 20. I, I, I bet you he's 23. I think he came out after his junior year, if I remember correctly. And that would be 21. So he'd been 21 as a rookie, 22 last year, 23 no more than 24. Yeah, so he's you know he's creeping on his late 20s by then. He's a dude that can rush like crazy. Um, uh, Hopkins will be out of his contract by then, but... You, yeah, you know, Hopkins will be thirty three ish around so that he'll, time. I mean, he'll, he'll be he'll be a ghost by then. You know, you you hope by then they have some some young talent. Maybe they get a better head coach. I I still think Kyler Murray's there. I'm not sure that that you know they're going to win. I'll say that. You know, I mean, we have been not the nicest people towards Cliff Kingsbury in our time doing this podcast together. Um, but I still like Kyler Murray. I think he's an immense talent. I think he can do a lot of things that a lot of people cannot do, and all of it is good for fantasy football. And if a person can run for eight touchdowns, that is a floor that is just – it's tough to take you from a QB1 to a QB2. Like, I mean, even like Kirk Cousins is in that range. If Kirk Cousins had eight touchdowns as a floor rushing the ball – I mean, it, that would be just filthy. It's going to be tough for him to drop below that, Kyler Murray, that is, because of the rushing. And the dude has a cannon. The dude's good. I I think he's still in there. I know you are not the biggest Kyler guy. Like, you, you have him in the elite startup range, but I don't know. You know, we probably have half a dozen leagues together. I can't think of one where you have Kyler Murray. And I know you are usually – he's at the back end of your sort of elite first-round startup range. So where do you have I, I think Are you five. pessimistic? Like, I, okay, okay. I mean, I, I do – I know for sure I have Mahomes. I have Allen. I have Dak. And I have a non, uh, non-litigated Deshaun Watson ahead of him for sure. So he's in that five-six so you, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have brought him up. If you no. didn't have a, a relatively strong opinion on this, I just matter. wanted to have so, the so three years is a long time in dynasty. That's sure. the thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about, even with it being a quarterback. Well, th- that's like, why I did you? the that's why I did the whole premise of the show. You know, if if every, every industry, every every business, every school, every clique, every club, every organization has like their own technical jargon. And a, a lot of podcasts throw out the term, I build in three-year arcs. You know what? You you want to separate the good from the bad, just ask them what that means. 
because they're, 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 they're talking in cliches. I build in three years. What does that mean? Walk me through that. Because this is going to be a companion piece that I'm going to do on Thursday for the patrons and what I mean by three years. And that's why I brought this up. In three years for me, Kyler Murray will be coming off of his fifth year of his fifth year option. I don't think Kyler gets the uh, long-term extension early like a Deshaun Watson, like a Patrick Mahomes. I think he'll be in a similar boat to like Lamar. Like Lamar's, I mean, they keep talking long-term extension. Show me the money. Isn't that what Jerry Maguire said? Show me the money. I, I think that Carson Wentz and Jared Goff really have done dynasty gamers a service and have done their fellow young quarterbacks a disservice. The day and age of these guys getting the, hey, you just completed year three and we can sign you to a huge extension type deal that really cripples our franchise. The, the days of that are over unless you truly are a Patrick Mahomes talent and you've won a Super Bowl. And it's right there. Baker's not got an extension. A lot of the 2018 class have not got extensions. I can't think of one, even as good as Josh Allen's played. So I really think in three years, Kyler will be coming off of his fifth-year option. We'll kind of have an idea. I mentioned last week on the solo show that you know, I'm not sure how committed Kyler is to, to, base, to football long-term. He mentioned that you know, he's leaving the door open for baseball. He's doing this video game team. These guys make an absolute dump truck full of cash. I mean... Uh, what was it last year? Dak himself made fifty-four million off of endorsements and his social media and all the other all the other revenue streams these guys have. How long before Kyler Murray gets tired of getting his ass kicked at five foot nine and just says, "Screw it, I'll go play second base for the Athletics." I've seen the money Fernando Tatis is making. I see the money Mike Trout's making. So in three years, I see him from a dynasty asset. I actually see him sliding. And I, I think you're going to see more of the new young hotness. I think you're going to see some hotness out of at least at least two, if not three, of these rookies. And we're going to talk about one of them here in a second. And I think Kyler is going to be, in three years, now this year he's going to light it up, as long as he stays healthy. Now but what's in, the slide? Uh, we're talking like second-round startup? No, I'm talking like, yeah. I mean, like QB10 overall. I see a world where the bigger guys, the bigger athletes, and the, and the guys who are just coached better. I don't, feel, I don't feel bad in saying it. Look, I mean, I, I, hate, I know people hate the coaching narrative, but look at what Kyle Shanahan got out of Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking limited talent, small school guy from nowhere, uh, Idaho, not Idaho, Illinois. I think it was Southwest Directional Idaho, Iowa State or so. I don't know. It was Illinois. It was the Salukis, I believe. And look yeah, what he so got out of the that. Southern Illinois alums are very angry with you right now. You know, I had a boss that went to Southern Illinois. I used to make fun of it all the time. I'll do it again, you son of a bitch. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I just see the exceptional guys. I see Kyler in two years being leap- leapfrogged by Justin Fields. I see him being leapfrogged by Trey Lance. I see him being leap. I see at least three guys in this class that could leapfrog him very quickly. Now, is McCorkle going to get there? Probably not. Is Zach Wilson going to get there? Probably not, but you know, then, then in three years you're going to see Spencer Rattler, and you're going to see that Ulalele kid out of Clemson. I mean, we love the new hotness in the dynasty world. So is sure. it going to is it going to surprise you in three years if Kyler's you know if his if he doesn't take the next step as a QB overall and add to that rushing floor? Is it going to surprise you in three years if Kyler is the QB ten to twelve in a startup? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Also, okay. Eastern Illinois. Sorry to the uh, Eastern Illinois Panthers out there. That's the pride and joy of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it would. I I mean, QB 10, I mean, you could get, I mean, 
depending on the league, Ryan Tannehill is in that range now in some startup drafts ever since they got Julio. So, so yes, it would surprise me a little bit if Kyler got there, but you know, if it's after that year three and maybe he, you know, cause he's a little guy. So he, he could get crushed. Those are superhumans that are hitting him. If he gets injured and he has a season long injury and it's going into that, then no, I wouldn't be shocked. But you know, that's the one thing that, that would change it for me is if he were to get extended early. Like if they were to give him a long-term contract after year four. He's not going to get it after this year. This is year three. If he were to get that long-term contract after year four, then then I'd change my tune. But right now with the current landscape of how the quarterback position is being, you know, I guess contracted for lack of a better word, I'm going to do that. But I, I got another quarterback. We got a lot of these to get through. Yep. Where do you see Trevor Lawrence in three years? Ah. <sighs> See, this is one of those ones I would like to take a cop out. I'll take a pass, Randy. Uh, I'm I'm doing the the Uno card. I'm laying it back on you. Oh, you want the reverse? Yeah, I'll do a reverse on this one. Set a foundation for me. All right, I, I'm going to say he's going to be like in that QB six range. I don't think he'll ever rush so much that he'll you know be able to. And I don't trust the Jaguars. I'll just be honest. I I, I think he'll be a top five, top six QB. Um, and man, this, this really sucks out loud to say as a Colts fan, just like we never saw the best of what we could have saw out of Andrew Luck. I don't think we're ever going to see the best. Part of the reason why Patrick Mahomes is so damn good is because he's got an amazing owner and an amazing GM an amazing head coach, and he's got a great attitude. And even though he got a half a billion, that's with a B, he got half a billion dollar contract. If you look at it, it's very team friendly. So the Mahomeses that land in the perfect situation with the perfect people don't happen that often. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a legit badass. I just don't think that he'll ever reach that that pinnacle uh, unless things change. And things change. But for me to say that he's currently, I think per Fantasy Pros, he was like the QB 8 or 9 in a Superflex startup. I think to say that he cuts that in half and is in that 4 or 5 range is a very fair outlook in 3 years. So here's here's where it's tough for me. Because we're talking about in three years. So those guys that are going to be ahead of him are going to be quite a bit older. You know, Deshaun Watson will be about 30. Lamar will be getting up there. Kyler, Mahomes, yada, yada, yada. But that's about where he's at now. So he's right in that sort of, I mean, he's like QB, Gemma in the building. Uh, he's like QB seven or eight in a startup, I would guess, right in there, right around Joe Burrow. So you're you're assuming that some of these younger guys are going to jump him, which is possible. But I mean, I mean, Trevor Lawrence can move. I think, I think I'm where you are. I did say four I, to five. Is he? Because in three years, tough, Patrick though. Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is going to be Listen, what 27, 28? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's he's like, going to be one. Like peak, I mean, he's like going to be QB one. That's different. He's a cyborg. He's so a freak. So, he's so one. I'm hedging. He's like, like two he, spots. He, he, yeah, I mean, he's like he's like G of the Aussie guys. He's he's a freak. I see you in the chat, big homie. It it's tough because I don't think his range is very very big. I think he's like either going to be QB four or like QB eight, and that's just where he's going to be in that range. I'm I'm with you. I think he is going to make business decisions and not run the ball a ton, so he won't be in sort of that elite top end. Kyler, he, he does Mahomes have sort of that in his game. Yeah, kind of like, kind of like I, I a agree, but, but, that, but that's Jones. what's gonna that's what's gonna keep him where he's at in that elite 
first-round startup ADP for sure when he's 24, 25 years old. But I don't know that he is going to be as dominant and as effective as, you know, the hype is. Because the 101 universal Superflex hype would suggest that he has the potential to be the QB1 in a startup or the QB2 in a startup. I don't see that either. So I don't think the range is crazy, but I think he's going to be about where he is at right now. So he is a very stable asset. I feel very comfortable if I'm starting a dynasty league right now, if Trevor Lawrence is one of my two to three quarterbacks. I feel very comfortable because this is dynasty. This is not redraft with a rookie draft every year where people dump in and out. If you're committed and you're playing real dynasty, and you think this, and your league's been around for four or five or six years, or you have intentions of it being around this long, this is the kind of guy I want to build around. And this next guy, Jerry, I'm going to blow your mind. Where do you see Baker Mayfield in three years? Now, just a spoiler alert, again, if you're driving, two hands on the wheel, 10 and 2. But last year, I had last week, excuse me, I had Baker as a buy. Jerry, where do you see Mr. Mayfield in three years? So that puts him at 29 years old. So you're sort of... You're really hitting your stride at that point. OBJ is going to be gone. Jarvis Landry is going to be gone. Nick Chubb's probably going to be gone. I think a little worse than where he's at right now. Where Where would you say he's in a startup right now? Because see, you say no. Well, per, per, so per, you say no. Let me let me let me get let me get you. Why? Sure. Why? Per, per fantasy pros, he is the QB eighteen off of the board. I don't think Baker ever leaves that range. Okay, I I, I, I I did not think he was going to be that low either. I, so, so let's I, say, but, 15. but not much higher. Let, but let's say fifteen. Baker okay. Mayfield. I, I I last year he finished as I think it was QB seventeen. He he is the quintessential QB two, not the QB two overall like some other people I, told yes. you a couple of years right. ago, but a QB two. And I think guys will always fall around him. He will be like a Derek Carr. He will be like a Kirk Cousins. He will be year after year after year after year after year, you know, productive. You know, he's going to he's gonna be a solid QB, too. He's going to finish as the QB 14 to 18 every year of his career. He's going to be very useful. Except and, for one year. I bet and, one year he does have one where he cracks, like, QB 8 or QB you, you 7, know, and then the hype is going to go stupid. But, well, but I, I think it's too sorry, late. For, I, think, I, I think it's too late for that now because it was supposed to have happened by now. And everybody just automatically. And the one thing you'd be is, shocked if he did it this year, though. I, I would because he still plays in Cleveland. They're still a run-first team. They still have an excellent defense, and that's that's the recipe to success. Baker can have good stats. He's never going to have Mahomes, Dak, Kyler eye-popping stats. He's just not. But here's the cool thing about Baker, is that he's always going to be stable. Some guys are going to fall behind him. The Ryan Tannehills, the guys in that current 12, 13, 14, they're going to fall off and wither away. And some young new hotness is going to fill their spot. Oh, yeah. But you're always going to look around and you're always going to be doing, you'll be doing a startup in 2024 and Baker's going to be the QB 15 to 17. And you know what? He's going to be a value for you at QB 15 to 17. So I, I don't think much really changes for Baker from a production standpoint. Uh, and it's hard for Cleveland to move on from him because he's been the most successful quarterback they've had since Bernie Kosar. So the fans aren't going to let him walk away from Baker. It would it will really just come down to, you know, he may have like a QB 12 season. He also may have a QB 21 season. But the, the average, on, a, uh, on average, is going to be around that QB 15 to 16 range, and I'm more than happy having that on my roster because he's going to be solid. 
I, I'm with he's, you. He's Derek Carr with swagger. I think he's going to have a good year this year. Um, you know, he still plays he's in big. Cleveland, right? He he does. But he's still I mean, susceptible to two or three I, weather games but, a year that can hamper like, his production. Like if OBJ and Jarvis are there, like they have talent. Don't tell me Kareem Hunt can't catch some touchdowns. I mean, that's not Baker doing anything. But don't Donald tell me that Peoples can't Jones happen. going that's deep. Not, exactly. Like if he had, if he went thirty-three touchdowns and nine interceptions, that wouldn't be that much better than what he did last year. And I could easily see it happening. And if that happens, his ADP is going to put him at like QB eight, and I, I think it will it will keep him up a little bit. Well, how about this? We're going to um, do our, our I, first like I'm not drafting in there. Don't get me wrong. I see you shaking your head. We're going to do our a, first long bastard, but we're going to do our first long standing Dynasty Warzone podcast. We've never missed a podcast in three years of doing this. Next week is sure. the third is the third year. 150 straight Wednesdays with a podcast. So when we're celebrating 312, the wager is is that Baker is ADP never climbs into the top 12 again for oh, a steak you're dinner. You're, you're sold you're American, sold American, and, and, and that that and not the 2024 startup season, the 2023 startup season, the 2022 startup season. Those three years, he never makes it inside the top 12. I will take that bet, sir. You sold, will have sold will, American. Listen, you will be I'm driving go. down to Indianapolis from Eight Mile. Oh no, no, no! You're shotgun. going to Japan. You're going to get me some, some top of the line, like Kobe uh, beef. That, Kobe beef. There you go. All right. Well, we got to get this. You're, listen, I've seen I've seen that that garage gym, Randy. I know you got it. Oh, I'm, I, I, I've done very well. All right, moving right along. Uh, where do you see Najee Harris in three years? Oh, this is a good one. So let me think. Is there any way I can see him outside of the top three running backs? Uh, I don't think so. So I uh, maybe RB one. I know that's a stretch. I know it's a stretch. You know, Jonathan going, Taylor's up there. Maybe, three. Yeah, I mean, maybe three. Swift. Maybe you know. There, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities for the guy. I think. He is going to be in the top three RBs. I think he is going to be the guy that you take either at the end of the first round of a startup or sort of the 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 beginning of the second round bend there in a startup by then. It's he's a good talent. He it's a good system. It's you know, I I hear they have a great coach, they have one of the greatest organizations. I don't I don't know what you want. I mean, he comes from Alabama, too. And listen to that dude give an interview. That's a dude that loves football. You know, they talk about, oh, I saw you did that one-handed catch. And he's like, bro, that's what I do. Like, what are you talking about? Where have you been? Like, that's my kind of guy. I, I think Najee Harris is, he is going to be the guy of this draft class. I don't think it's Jamar Chase. I don't think it's any, I, I mean, we talked about Trevor Lawrence. I think it's Najee. All right, I'm gonna keep this short because we we we've ran a little long. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say he's barring any major knee injuries, ACL, anything like that. Bar, barring any major injury, I have this guy being like a top three to five running back. You know, there, there's gonna there, I know the 2022 class has got some talented guys, and the 2023 class has got so so you never know who's gonna push him. Maybe DeAndre Swift takes a, a a big step. Jonathan Taylor continues to smash people. Yep. But I, I, I think that if we look back in three years and we're going into the 2024 season and he's smashing people, I'm not going to be surprised at all. Again, you said it. Great no. offense, uh, great system, 
And even if Big Ben goes, the offensive line can get better. The quarterback play, I mean, no offense to Ben, but it was no great yeah. shakes last year. And we talked about that. So for me, easy top three, top five overall running back in a startup going into 2024. What about Christian McCaffrey? People still love him coming off of the, the lower leg, yeah. muscle, high ankle sprain. How are you feeling? I think in, in, in three years he'll be, what, 27, 28, somewhere in that neighborhood? I think he's going to be sort of that Melvin Gordon. Like, you know, well. Can, can at you at least, least call gonna, him Zeke? Well, Zeke's only 25, so so I'm not even ready to do that yet. The word I was going to say is fatigue. Like, that. that's why I brought up Zeke. He can still, Christian McCaffrey yeah. in three years will still be extremely productive. There will just be this fatigue. It's just like, okay, he's been in the league since 2017. It's 2024. I am ready for something new. I'm so over Christian McCaffrey. And, and I think that's where the value comes in. Well, yep. th- that, that's why I threw in a guy like, like you know, Baker, like Christian McCaffrey, a seasoned vet. He was going into year five now. He'll be going into, what, year eight in three years? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, barring, you know, not keeping the pace that he's at, like this dominant, unbelievable, Adrian Peterson-esque, LaDainian Tomlinson-esque dominance. He'll be a fourth or fifth round startup pick. Uh, you'll, you know, you'll be happy you got him where you got him. And there will be people tweeting on Twitter like, oh, my God, you get Christian McCaffrey in the fourth round. That's just amazing. I mean, that's going to happen. But, you know, you're talking about an older running back who is – probably more often than not near the end his trade value is going to be extremely depressed by then i mean i don't love it It, he he will be a person that i don't have on any of my rosters most likely in three years i can promise you that well i i look at it as this is why i'm doing the the patron show that i'm doing on thursday because it will go more in depth into this quote-unquote i build in three and three-year arcs Right. You know, I'll, I'll just leave it at this without getting into the, the, the deep detail of it. But where is your roster going to be in three years compared to his role on your roster in three years? That's yeah. how you have to look at it right now. And if you're truly trying to look toward the future while winning now, that's where you got to put this on a scale. Not like literally on a scale, but you, you, you have to balance out what's he worth now versus what's he worth to my team versus the long term. So uh, I'm going to hit you with – we're going to go rapid fire. Your first answer okay. is your honest answer, but I do want to save time for the last guy. Okay, I've ranted too much, so we have to you're, go rapid fire. Go ahead. You're good. you're good. Your boy DeAndre Swift. Uh, top eight probably. I, I don't think he's going to be into the elite elite category just because he's a Detroit Lion and I really don't have faith in them, but I do think he's going to be an RB1. I would agree. Uh, he can be an RB1 in that – RB three to seven range for me. Yep. And and here's the thing. No offense, Jerry, this is really going to cut you to the core, but losing teams don't score a lot of touchdowns. No, they don't. Now, he, he's going to have great value with his rushing and especially his receptions. Correct. But that overall top-end touchdown volume that you would need is going to be curbed because this team's very rarely going to be playing with a lead. Just get used to it, Jerry. I'm already protect, projecting uh, listen, your lines well are going to suck. Well aware. All right, Jamar Chase. Where do you see Jamar Chase three years from now? Uh, disappointing. Really? Not. I, I just, that's a good team. I think T. Higgins is good. I don't entirely believe in the system like we've talked about. 
Like, I think he is a great talent. I think he is going to be a 1,000 yard receiver a lot of times. Maybe he hits 1,100, 1,200, but I, I don't think we're talking about Justin Jefferson. I don't think we're talking about DK Metcalf. He, he's a great talent, and we'll find out. Listen, in like eight months, we'll know if I'm the stupidest human being on the planet because he will have shown that he can dominate the NFL. I'm just, I'm, I am sold on the talent. I am not exactly sold on the fantasy production in Cincinnati with T Higgins also there with Joe Mixon also there with Zach Taylor as the coach. And then if Zach Taylor is not the coach, an entirely new regime and learning everything there. For me, he will be a top five wide receiver in a startup. Here's the All thing. All right, defend the, yourself, sir. The the franchise quarterback literally told the organization, I want this dude. They picked him over the left tackle. They picked him over just about anybody not named Kyle Pitts. We're going to talk about him too. Spoiler alert, you guys love Kyle Pitts. This is a Kyle Pitts podcast. But for me, Jamar Chase, you have the you have the volume. You know, Joe Burrow was averaging like 42 attempts, 41 attempts last year per game. And that's more than enough for T. Higgins. You could give you could give Jamar Chase ten targets a game, and you could still have thirty left over for T. Higgins, for a tight end. I think it'll be Drew Sample. It could be C.J. Uzoma. There'll be that thirty that thirty target pie. I think my man Jamar Chase can get his volume from Joe Burrow, and there's still plenty left over to feed the two Higgins, three Boyd, a little bit to the tight end, a little bit to the running backs. This offense passed, and, and you, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe Zach Taylor will get fired because he fucking sucks. That's right, I said it. He fucking sucks. Uh, thank, thank God that there's a few new head coaches in the league that's got me scratching my head, or he would continue to wear the crown of the worst head coach in the NFL. Good offensive mind, you know, kind of reminds me of Josh McDaniel. I don't think he's a, necessarily a bad play caller. I just don't think some people are. But then again, Mike Brown's cheap, so I can't see Mike Brown firing him. So as long as this offense continues to give him volume, man, it's going to be hard to uh, to fight his emergence as a top five wide receiver. Okay. Uh, we were going to go rapid fire. I can't go rapid fire on this right. one. When I say disappointing, I'm not talking like Corey Davis, Laquan Treadwell. Like I said, 1,000 yards, 1,100 yards. Well, that's yards. a bust. Not... There's, there's a difference between bust no, 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 and... No, 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 no. An 1,100-yard receiver is a, is a wide receiver one. For the most part, I mean, well, who, Laquan Treadwell and Corey Davis, I don't think they have 1100 combined. That's what I mean. Like I said, I said disappointing. I'm not saying them like hey, I, but like people think Jamar Chase is Justin Jefferson. Performance versus Metcalf. expectations is what you're yes. saying. Performance versus. So, so, so people are expecting Justin Jefferson like, and when they don't get that. Yes, that is that is what I am saying. I still think he is going to be a quality wide receiver. I just also think T Higgins is a quality wide receiver. It's sort of like. You know, Calvin Ridley, it might take a little bit. Eventually, he might pop for a season, and then you'll get him. So I just that, – that's what I wanted to clarify. I, I think I, – I, I will give you this because we have three more guys. I, I do like your – I do like your, your your corollary to Justin Jefferson, and I'm going to use that as my, my ability to pounce on him next year because when he doesn't give you 1,414 as a rookie because that's just an anomaly, that's an outlier – when he yes. gives you more like 1,106 or 1,107, and people are going to go, this guy sucks. Oh, oh, cool. Cool. Here I am. I'm right here to take all that Jamar Chase that you couldn't possibly. Because we live in a day and age where people live in a fishbowl, and if it's not the best, it's the worst. There is no middle ground. If we don't agree, we hate each other. 
and, and, and that's, that's where we are, and that's how, that's how I take advantage. Stefan Diggs. Where is Mr. Diggs in three years? Oh, what is Stefan Diggs? He'll be 30. Like he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be turning 30. Or he'll either, yeah, he'll be 30. So, uh, an extremely descended, depressed asset. Probably still some value, probably in the 900-yard range, 1,000-yard range. You know, it, it depends if Buffalo can get a ship. He might be done with Buffalo by then. And then if he's on a different team where God, who the hell knows where he wants to go. I don't know. I I don't love it. Stay healthy. And this guy, his, his value will mean more than his value on your roster, meaning the points he'll give you week in and week out. I think, this, I think this guy's game ages well. Again, he'll only be 30. And, you know, he had a little bit of an injury thing early in his career. We had none of that last year. He was pretty healthy the year before that. As long as he stays healthy, again, you're right. We mentioned fatigue earlier with Christian McCaffrey. People will be throwing him out the window, and he just won't be the new hotness anymore. We'll be looking for someone newer and fresher, but he'll still be a guy that as long as Josh Allen's playing well, he uh, he will be good. All right, two more. DJ Moore. Speaking of Moore, hey now. DJ Moore. Where is DJ Moore in three years? Oh, this is a tough one. I think he is going to do. So do you want easy ones? No, 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 no. I, it, it, this is a very good one, though, because even now, people don't love DJ Moore. You either love DJ Moore or you don't care about DJ Moore, which is something because the dude is productive as all hell. He just doesn't get it when he's in the painted area of the field. And for whatever reason, our nipples get way too hard about that. And we, you know, they're worth more points. So I guess I get it. But I think his value in a startup and in a trade will be quite a bit worse than what it is now, even if he keeps the same production. And by that point, so he's 24, I believe, he'll be hitting that that super prime, that, that you know, Izzy Alcafez tells me this is when the dude is hitting and this is when you need to fire. I still think he will be two rounds cheaper in ADP. And that's and that's something. So I will probably have a shitload of DJ more in three years because I feel like people are not going to love him. And if Sam Darnold struggles this year, you know, maybe he catches on later on. If he struggles this year, people are going to hate him for the rest of his career. Doesn't matter what he's going to do. That's what we do. The moment there's a change of scenery and somebody sucks immediately, they're dog crap and I hate him. So even if he grows, it'll be the same thing. It's sort of like Baker Mayfield and everybody except for you. Except for you. I'm, I'm you, giving you, you some damn you, credit. You stole you stole my entire premise of my argument, you good. son of I'm a bitch. I'm finally starting you to get son good of at a this. Bitch. So go ahead. Go ahead, he, man. He, he is currently per fantasy pros ADP in the wide receiver position. He's wide receiver 15. He's always going to be there. I love Sam Darnold. I love Sam Darnold like family. He's one of those handful of guys. But... If he doesn't take a magnificent a magnificent step forward this year, DJ Moore is just going to be that dude. He's going to be a guy who gets you 11, 1,200 yards uh, receiving, but he's only ever going to get you four to six touchdowns, and the touchdowns is where the magic happens. You know, he is, like I said, wide receiver 15. There will be dudes that slingshot past him because they're new, the new hotness. Guys will fall off. I think DJ Moore in three years will continue to be in that wide receiver 12 to 15 range. And he's going to have wide receiver one weeks. He's going to be the and he's going to be the perfect wide receiver two for your roster. And but 
But, much like the caveat we mentioned with Stefan Diggs on the injury, on the injury thing, if he ever gets a good quarterback, if he ever lands a a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Herbert, a Patrick Mahomes, if he ever lands an awesome top-tier quarterback, then maybe. But even with crumb bums, shoe clerks, and Teddy Mother Bridgewater, this man has managed to keep his dynasty value at a QB 15. I, I think that's a very safe investment. So, Jerry, one more, the big one. Let's go out big. Let's go out Kyle Pitts. Where do you see Kyle Pitts in three years? Well, probably right where he's at. Maybe just a hair higher. Just because he's going to keep value because the position is such crap. And I mean, you know, here's the thing about Debbie players. They will tell you about everybody. You're not hearing a ton about these super mega dominant tight ends. You know, they'll tell you about every five-star kid in the history of time. I've been hearing about Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State for like four years. The dude has like six catches in his whole college career. Like they love talking about him. I haven't really heard a ton. Definitely none of the Kyle Pitts level. So in three years, are we really going to see a mass influx of talent? No, I don't think that. Are we going to see these unbelievable mega breakouts? Mark Andrews for a year, Darren Waller for two years, one or two probably. But by then, Travis Kelsey's going to be 35 years old. He's he's going to be behind Kyle Pitts. You know, Darren Waller's going to be 31. Who the hell knows where he's going to be playing if it's not in Las Vegas, which it probably will not be. So he's going to be gone. You might have a TJ Hawkinson up there. You might, you know, Kittle will still probably be high. Maybe Pitts will be ahead of him. You know, right now he's probably like tight end four or five-ish. I'm guessing he's probably tight end two, three-ish. I don't really think his production is going to meet the hype. But it takes time. And by three years, that will be some time. So I think he will be up there. I think he is another stable asset. I don't have a ton of them because I don't want to risk my rookie picks on tight ends. Personally, I'm not upset if another human being does. It's just not the strategy I do. I think he's relatively safe. You're sort of hoping that he's not Evan Ingram, which... I think he's in a better situation than Evan Ingram. So I, I think we should avoid that. I know you are not a Kyle Pitts guy either. Something tells me you are going to be a slightly bit more pessimistic than I am. That's where you'd be incorrect. So here's the okay. thing. He, he is You're going to say tight end one? He is going to be the tight end one in three Look years. at this motherfucker right here, he, man. He, he will be 23 years old. But here's the thing, if, if you just literally tracked out his performance in the, the first two to three years of his career, it's not going to be a rocket ship. It's not going to be a violent spike, and then it's not going to plateau. I think it's going to be more gradual. Uh, again, the tight end position from all that I've read, and, and I heard the podcast with John Middlecoff, it's a harder position to learn. I think he'll be productive. I, I, I think Kyle Pitts will be a lot like marrying your high school sweetheart. Yeah, you know, you, you, you love him. And you're satisfied, but it really wasn't what you thought. You wonder what else is out there. I mean, you're cool. You're not mad. I mean, you're not unhappy. But it's just not been the electricity that you thought it was going to be. It, it's just it's just going to be good. You're never going to regret it. You're never going to want to move on. You're going to be happy with what you got. But you're always going to look back and what it cost you to acquire him. Because I don't ever think he pulls away from the pack. He can be the tight end one in a season. He can be the tight end one in a dynasty startup. 
I don't ever think there's going to be that gap between him and the tight end two like there is currently between Kelsey and everybody else. I think it was three points a game. Uh, on the FF SmackDown this week, ironically, Kyle and Jake were talking tight ends, and I think that was the, the, the gap between, and, and, and this is not in tight end premium, this is just in one-point PPR, same as everybody, and that he was worth three more points a game between the next tight end. I don't think that happens. I think I think Hawk stays close. I think Andrew stays close. Uh, I think we may see some ascension of some of these other guys that are in the league. So you'll be happy with him. He will be the tight end one, but he just won't knock your socks off the way that Travis Kelsey was. He won't be the difference maker that Travis Kelsey has been for the last two years. Because especially the by the Matt Ryan's is, probably gone, and then we don't know what the quarterback looks yeah. like. So there's so there's some flux in there. I, I agree, and uh, I mean. Listen, we're going to get to see because that that is a very conducive system now that Julio's gone, which is great. It's a, and Matt Ryan is still an experienced pro who can sling the damn ball around, so it, it's a good spot for him to learn. So I I'm not mad at you. I get it. I loved the analogy about the high school <laughs> old sweetheart. You know, it's just the problem is for the next like eight to ten years, every tight end that has any bit of hype, we're going to compare him to Travis Kelsey, and it's not fair. Travis Kelsey is the greatest That's fantasy football tight end that, that has ever existed and most likely will ever exist. Like you do not finish number one at the top of your position for what, four or five, six years in a row. It doesn't happen. He, he is the best. He will be the best. That will not change. It is unfair to compare anybody to him. I think that, it's fair. That, I, that, I'm not mad at you. In fairness to Pitts, if he gets an electric... Now, now, go back and look at Travis Kelsey. He was a really good tight end with Alex Smith, just yeah. like I think Kyle Pitts will be a really good tight end with Matt Matt Ryan. And I really like um, that the Arthur Smith as the head coach there. If, if he gets a, a Patrick Mahomes-level quarterback when Matt Ryan moves on, the way that Travis Kelsey did, then yeah. it's to the moon. It's, it's, yeah, it's, of it's course. strap a rocket ship on his back. But if he gets a Sam Darnold, if and I love Sam Darnold again, I'm just being very honest. But if he gets a Sam right. Darnold level quarterback, he gets uh, one of these guys that can't really operate the system and really and can't. We're talking unlock about Noah Fant. It. You're talking about potentially of a Noah Fant because as good as you know he looked in college, his athletic profile is not better than Noah Fant's, and it's not better than Mike Gesicki's. So there's a lot of factors in being a really productive Travis Kelsey level tight end, and I think that was the best way to put it. So yes, people will automatically default to drafting him and ranking him high just based on how he came in the league. It may yep. not be warranted. So I'm not trying to piss all over. Mr. I'm, I'm, I'm not into that. I'm not Odell Beckham. I'm not into weird stuff like that. But uh, I'm just trying to keep it honest, you know. Um, but man, great show as always. Good talking ball with you, Gerald. Always. Uh... We got a little feisty with each other. It's a good time. It's, it's, it's good. What we need. I, I got to rein you in. I gotta, listen, I, gotta, I can't I be the old listen. man. I gotta, I'm the one that's right all the time. It's not my fault that you have grown old and senile in our time together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I have to, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to keep you in check. You know, no, you know, it was th- a good th- show. This is this is like the beef between Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly. You go out of your way to diss the old man on the way of telling everybody how great I am. That's exactly what Machine Gun Kelly did. He's like, we all know you're the GOAT. Jerry, you know I'm the GOAT. You ain't going to act like that. No, man, I I, I am not the GOAT, and I I do appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate having a great co-host that I can have fun with, that I can poke fun with. And, uh, dude, 
new podcast, man. Uh, make sure you check out the, the hate brand goods, the HVIII.com, promo code Memphis. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And Viridian Global, not only can you get some of that sweet, sweet DWZ merch like Jerry's hat, but they're also one of the official apparel providers of the Scott Fishbowl rock and roll theme. You can check all that out. And uh, Jerry, I think that's it. That's all I got, I'm, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be back on Friday with our, good, with our good friend, Mr. Kyle August. We're going to be talking about some of the, uh, the super system, the chapter on some redraft, one of my redraft favorites. We're going to comp it to Dynasty a little bit. And then next week, you, me, Kyle, Jake, we're going to figure out how to get everybody in a room, and we're going to do a 16-round redraft mock draft live on Sleeper. That'll be the importance of tuning in on the YouTubes. Jerry, that's it. Love that's it. all I got. Hey, listen, that's that's a lot to give, that's plenty. my friend. That's plenty. I think, I think we've given enough. You heard us yell at each other. You heard us talk over each other. It's like a bad marriage. We're going to go to counseling. But until then and until next time, Thanks for tuning in, and remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just here to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks, guys. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out if you want to go over to thehate.com. Hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to thehate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the patreon is the uh the group chat tell you what these guys are some excellent minds tons of fun the fire in there is amazing great platform to post trade questions debate rookie values share insight interact with some cool people from across the globe you know shout out to those guys in australia they're blowing my phone up all the time You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. And this segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com. And that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our t-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself. 
and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles, and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global, that is V E R I D I A N Global, ViridianGlobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store, and man, you'll see all the t shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor, and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at viridianglobal.com. Thanks for checking them out.